All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Jordan Patrick Football Edition. This is your impromptu host, Richie Hicks, here with my buddy, Brett. Unfortunately, our man Elliot Evans is out with a concussion, and, you know, we got to play it safe with the concussion protocol. It might not be the quality we're used to, but we're trugging along. It's championship weekend, so we got to get it done. Brett, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, baby. Uh, it's good to be back. It's championship week, and uh, we're ready to put our petitions down. Ready to go. Yeah, going to be a little shorter than normal because we're not running with our normal stuff, but uh, we're going to get this out. So nowhere better to start than Titletown, USA. I'm talking about the Green Bay Packers. For the first time in both their storied histories, well, at least one storied history. Uh, Tampa has an overall losing record in their history. The Green Bay Packers host Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a dream matchup of the two number 12s. And, um, you know, we can kind of build up to this. How did they get there? That's uh, a massive question. In Green Bay's case, winning the NFC North, ultimately having the number one seed in the NFC. And, uh, Brett, tell them how Tampa got there. Uh, well, first and foremost, I'll start out with uh, Bruce Arians, Tom Brady, top of the branch. Um, you know, it, it took a while to get there. It was a struggle. Um, you know, it was work in progress, and everybody knew this. Uh, there came in a, a time in the season where Bruce Arians decided to give Tom Brady the reins, and uh, he let him be his own coach. He let him be his own coach, and now they're on a six-game win streak. Um, they're going hot in the playoffs, and they're on the road in the frozen tundra. Going to be exciting matchup. The two goats, as whatever we would call it, even though it's really not. Um, and, and yeah, go ahead. You can keep shaking your head. Um, everybody can. Everybody can keep saying that. Um, I, I don't fully agree. Uh, you know, with that uh, comparison. Um, some of you may feel different, but uh, either way, it's going to be a great matchup. Um, I think it's going to come down to the last uh, team who has the ball, uh, and it's going to come down to a final drive. And that's what these two quarterbacks are known for, you know, fourth quarter, you know, final drives. We'll see what happens. Well, to speak on that GOAT, the GOAT word gets passed around a little too frequently i think it's a generational thing because you have different greats in different generations i mean even to this day despite all the hardware that brady has you have your people who still feel joe montana's the goat for different reasons um i'm not gonna call aaron Rodgers a goat but what i will say is this this man did sit on the bench for three seasons behind brett Favre before he ever took an nfl snap and despite that, he is in the top five in playoff touchdowns, which is pretty remarkable when you think that this man sat for three years. Obviously, Brady leads that list at number one. So in that regard, um, when it's all said and done and all the stats pile up, that's the best time when we can really go backwards and look at their careers. But as far as this game goes, um, I think there's a couple of important matchups to look for. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers has been playing out of his mind. And ultimately, it's going to come down to not necessarily Devontae Adams because they're going to be double-teaming Devontae. I think it's going to come down to Valdez-Scantling, Lazard, Tunyon, 
Aaron Jones out of the backfield. I'm not saying Devontae's going to get shut down, but Rodgers is going to have to spread it out a little more. But for the most part, he's been very good at adapting and doing that. And I definitely believe that that's going to be a strategy that Green Bay goes with because in their first meeting, Tampa blitzed the shit out of Aaron Rodgers, and it worked. But, you know, there's a game tape for a reason, and I feel that after really studying it, Matt LaFleur is obviously going to be looking to get the ball out to his other options. So we'll see how that pans out, and I do think that's a massive key to Green Bay winning. Now, Brett, keys to Tampa winning. What do you think about that? Well, the key to that, Reg, uh, number one, Antonio Brown is out. He's not playing. Knee injury. Um, With that being said, Scotty, too hottie, Miller, will step in and play the role of Antonio Brown. Um, I think it's going to be a a back-and-forth battle. Um, I think it being a Lambo. Uh, Green Bay has the advantage. But I had to dip into episode one of the JPS football edition. And apparently my prediction of the Super Bowl was KC versus Tampa. I'm going to stick to that. I'm going to stick to it. That was my original prediction, even though I was put on the spot. Fuck you, L. Fuck you, Reg. I was put on the spot. Um, but that was my original prediction. Episode one, you guys want to tune back in. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting matchup. Um, like I said before, I think the last team to have the ball is going to win the game. Um, I think Tampa has a legit shot. Uh, I think Rogers is going to finally, you know, throw those two picks. He's going to cave in Lambeau done yet baby and uh it'll it'll be interesting but i i think tampa comes away with a 24 i lied 29 27 victory tampa in aaron Rodgers' career he doesn't have the best record in nfc title games but an interesting fact is that he has never up until tomorrow had a chance to be on the home side of one of these i think that's going to go miles in terms of this game, particularly in the second half now that they have fans. Um, I expect both quarterbacks to stay clean. I think both offensive lines are going to do enough to negate the defensive schemes. I will go as far as saying this. I believe at this juncture of their careers in this particular game, I think Green Bay has the better quarterback. I think Tampa has the better defense. Running games could possibly be more or less negating each other and both I will say this I think Aaron Jones is more of a threat out of the backfield catching the ball than anybody in the running game for Tampa I do think if it comes down to a grind it kind of deal I think Tampa has the edge I try to be fair and call it down the middle but my very honest prediction I'm gonna go Green Bay Packers 34 Tampa Bay Buccaneers 27 That will be in regulation. No OT in that one because that would only be a six-point difference if that was my prediction. Going to go, yeah, Green Bay by seven. I believe uh, they're going to go shot for shot for much of the game. But I think into the fourth quarter, Green Bay is going to spread it out to two scores. Tampa will bring it down to one. But ultimately, I think Green Bay gets the win. And no, I don't think Tom Brady is going to throw two picks. But I do think he'll throw one key one to Jair Alexander.
And that is that on the NFC title game. Now that leads us, hang on, Brett wants to say something. I do want to say something. And this is a shout out to the Tampa Bay offensive linemen. This is a special on FL Network, uh, listeners. Uh, if you want to tune in, NFL.com, Google Robert Dubois. Um, he was wrongfully convicted in prison for 37 years on death row. Finally got out in August of this past year. And the Tampa Bay offensive lineman decided to put together a, uh, a donation uh, organization. Um, and you can donate. Uh, this guy, uh, he's trying to get back on his feet. Um, the state of Florida did not compensate him uh, for being put away those many years. Um, but they've started something. They started a trend, and they're making this guy's life um, better and his family's life better. So I just want the listeners to know that, um, you know, Tampa organization is making a difference in the world. Um, with that being said, move on to the AFC Championship game. I'm Reg. Gonna- I'm going to add on to what Brett just shared. I think it's a great look for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it's also fitting that in a year, not just to mention a year like no other with COVID, but with the social justice movement, with a lot of things changing in the world, with trying to change the way sentences are laid down for nonviolent offenders, and a lot of other things that we will definitely touch on in the future, think it's a good look for what Tampa's doing. And, um, you know, it's not just one person. This happens way too often in our criminal justice system. So shout out for the Bucks for that. And, uh, yes, we are going to move on to the AFC title game. This game, I don't feel as comfortable with the home team necessarily, whereas I feel very comfortable with Green Bay winning. This one, I... I'm going to take Brett's words. I believe the team with the ball last will most definitely win this game. Patrick Mahomes has been there before. He seems like a veteran, even though he's only been in the league for four years, starting three of those. He has two AFC championship game appearances prior to tomorrow. And he and in one of those seasons, which was last year, he won a Super Bowl. He has an MVP under his belt. On the flip, Josh Allen... Uh, this very playoffs got his first and second playoff wins against Phillip Rivers and Lamar Jackson. Allen does not own an MVP yet, and if it wasn't for Aaron Rodgers, this probably would have been a year that he would have got it. Uh, resurgence, I'm not going to say in the Bills Mafia. They have an excellent fan base, but a resurgence in getting back on the map because the last time they played in an AFC title game was the 93 season in January, which obviously bled into 94 during that incredible, which is still yet to be done, four straight Super Bowl appearances. Um, it's it's exciting from a fan perspective to see the Bills fans, the Bills in general, back on that stage. Because one thing I will say, although I do happen to root for a different New York team, is that I admire that fan base. I have a lot of respect for that fan base have a lot of respect for that organization, as, as the Chiefs, for that matter. I have always respected the Chiefs. Um, I think we're looking at a game where you have two defenses that have a very good amount of playmakers, 
but two flawed defenses at that that are susceptible, both of them, to giving up the big play. And that's why the quarterback play is going to be so huge in this particular game. I'm going to pass it to Brett to get a little perspective on what he believes about this, and then we're going to tune in and uh, get on some intricacies of what the matchups to watch are. So, Brett, go right ahead, bud. Yeah, the quarterback play is definitely uh, the biggest factor in this game. Everybody knows Mahomes got knocked out last week, and he passed concussion protocol. The thing with that is that he's still not 100%. Even when Mahomes plays at 60%, 70%, he's still better than half the quarterbacks in the league. I think this is Josh Allen's time. It's on the road at KC. Mahomes is not – he's not going to be there 100%, and they need him at 100%, especially for this game. Buffalo is hungry. They want the dub. Bill's Mafia wants the dub. I, you know, like I said, I made, I made the prediction. Chiefs, uh, you know, Bucks, beginning of the season, episode one. My heart truly lies with the Bills versus the Packers. And that's where my heart is set. I mean, I can predict what I can predict. Yada, yada, yada. Um when it comes down to the end of it, I grew up a Bills fan. Everybody knows Pops was a Packers fan. I want the Packers to go. If it's a Packers-Bills Super Bowl, that is what every American dream should be. And that's where my heart is right now. I mean, like I said, I can predict what I can predict, but... um. You know, at the end of the day, my heart wants to see the Bills and Packers and the Bull. Um, and that's I don't even care who wins that matchup. I just want them. I just want them both to go to the Bull, just because of pops and me growing up. Uh, that's the way it should be, and especially this year, the way twenty twenty is gone. Um, I think that's the way it should go. But either way. Um, I still think the Chiefs will come out on top as much as I want the Bills to go. Um, whoever's going to have the ball last, like Richie said, what I said, is going to win the game. Um, and Mahones at at KC, I think they got it as much as I want the Bills to win. But uh, Yeah, to Brett's point, I do think the Chiefs are going to win. But I'm going to elaborate a little bit as to why I think they're going to win. In the first matchup, way back in week six, the Chiefs um, were able to put a lot of exotic blitz packages together to really confuse Josh Allen. And just like similarly to the week five game rematch, which is happening in the other side, the NFC, while I do think it's important to, to watch film, I don't necessarily think that those two results have a lot of bearing on what's going to happen tomorrow. In both games. Having said that, I think Green Bay, as I already stated, will win the rematch. I do think KC will sweep the Bills and get their second victory against them. But the reason why, I feel that ultimately the Bills secondary is a little more leaky than the Chiefs. And I also believe that the Bills are going to take a few more chances. With Patrick Mahomes 
not 100% to Brett's point, I believe the Bills are going to blitz and blitz and blitz, and the results are going to vary. They're going to get to him on some plays, and they might surprise people and have him go a few three and outs. But I ultimately think they will die from that, and I do think that Mahomes will make just enough big plays to win. I expect both quarterbacks to put up some numbers, but I don't think they're going to be as clean as I stated in the previous game, like where I feel that Rodgers and Brady are going to be upright and not get nearly knocked down as much. I think in this particular game, both these kids better buckle up because there's going to be a lot of hits. 31-27 in favor of the Chiefs, and I believe that the Chiefs are actually going to win on the final drive of the game. Go ahead, Brett. What's your prediction? Uh, Roughly the same. I'm going to go 37-34 Kansas City. Um, I think come fourth quarter, uh, they're going to put up a lot of points. I think it'll be, you know, it'll be close going to the fourth, but I think it's going to be a, a battle in the fourth quarter. They're both going to put up points. Like both of us said, the last team that has the ball is going to win the game. Um, NKC, I like their chances. As much as they're on Buffalo to win, uh, Sorry, Bills Mafia. Um, it's not, as much as I want it to be your time this year, I don't think it's going to happen at KC. It's going to be a tough matchup. Um, yeah, I think I think Chiefs pull away. Chiefs, Bucks, Super Bowl. Now, we're going to elaborate on this more in the coming weeks because the cool thing about the JPS football show is that the season never ends. So even after the year is over, we're going to – definitely get you ready for the drafts we're gonna dissect all these mock drafts and all these free agent rumors but since we're on the subject uh one that has really warmed up today is deshaun watson stating that out of the two potential teams that were in the mix he prefers to be traded if indeed the texans will trade him to the new york jets and his second option would be miami Now, this is very interesting because about a month ago, everybody just naturally assumed the Jets were going to not win a game and draft Trevor Lawrence. Now, they do have a chance to get a Justin Fields or another quarterback for that matter because a lot of these mock drafts have eight quarterbacks going in like the first 12 picks. But having said that, and coming off the kind of year he had and also taking into consideration the kind of money that the Jets have to move around, I believe that... The New York Jets, this is a move they have to make because they have a what where they will lose is in draft capital in order to get a player like Deshaun Watson. But where they can make up for that is the fact that they have so much cap space that they can go after, say, a Chris Godwin or a Juju Smith Schuster and also make a play on maybe an Antonio Brown. Because when you bring in a guy like a Deshaun Watson in the building, it is easy to sell what your program is doing and get other free agents in there because Deshaun Watson is a bona fide superstar that happens to play in a very rough situation. He had a phenomenal season despite not having a number one receiver. His friend DeAndre Hopkins getting traded in the offseason, which was a clueless move, for lack of a better word. Um... And, you know, we have a lot of other stories that we're going to divulge in in the very near future on this JPS show. Expect us to possibly do a weekday show 
because, you know, uh, our buddy Elliot, who normally hosts this, unfortunately, is out with the protocol. But um, we're going to be bringing you more content as quick as possible. We have a lot of exciting stuff going on. We have our logo finalized coming out. You know, you can follow us on Twitter. We are uh, putting in work, and we're going to be having uh, some merchandise coming out very shortly, too. So we look forward to sharing all that with you. And uh, I want to say thank you for listening. We apologize for the impromptu situation. Obviously, L is not an easy guy to replace. Neither is our microphone setup. But we are, but we are doing this with some love today. So uh, I'm going to pass this back to Brett. Brett, go ahead. Anything you want to say in closing? Uh, in closing, uh, no, not a whole lot. I think we covered it all. Uh, you know, very short segment. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to try and keep this short and sweet here, uh, kids. You guys have a great night, and we appreciate you guys, you know, listening to us and, you know, listening to our bullshit. Uh, it means a lot. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a good weekend, and, you know, may the best team win. I do have to get one final thing out. First of all, shout out to our host, Jordan Patrick, with his predictions earlier today. He gave a little shout out to my late father. It's something I'm going to share with the listeners. Something I got to share. Um, first of all, big happy birthday to my stepdad. Uh, he was celebrating his 71st. Eddie, forgive me. I don't mean to put your business out there, but I got to on this one. Just to uh, let people know a little bit. Uh, my stepdad had a rough 2020. Survived a heart attack. Unfortunately, lost his sister not too long ago. And, you know, it puts it in perspective when things hit the family like that. Um, You know, we all have families. We've all been through a rough year. And, uh, you know, I'm grateful. I just want to say I'm grateful that he's doing well. And, you know, I'm going to be honest. Everybody knows that I am a diehard New York Giants fan. But tomorrow, you know, I'm going to lie. I'm not going to lie. It's going to be a little weird watching the Packers possibly punch their ticket to the Super Bowl. And for the first time in my adult life, or my life period, um, not having my dad to celebrate that with in the event that the Packers do indeed advance. And this is one of those weird things that I actually had this conversation with my mother, <laughs> that if they win, it might actually be a little tougher on me than if they lost because of the you know the realization like, wow, you know, Pops isn't here. But having said that, I hope they win it for my old man, and I actually think they are. And big shout out to the Olsons, our, uh, our really good friends. They're massive Green Bay fans from Scandinavia, Wisconsin. Also, shout out to our boy, Billy Bears. Huge, huge Buffalo fan. Uh, yeah, the, the Bills, the Bills, the Bills Mafia is real. Um, but when you don't use a microphone, you don't have to pronounce his name right either. So all I'm going to say is thank you for listening, guys. We greatly appreciate it. Take care and enjoy Championship Sunday. Peace. Hey, what's up, Dorney? It's Richie. I absolutely love the idea of Chase Utley versus Richard Dorney, which really means Chase Utley versus the New York Mets fan base. When he injured uh, Ruben Zajeda, that was as dirty as dirty gets. Obviously, John Rocker would probably be right behind him amongst players that Met fans hate. And for rivalry segments, you know, fan bases are sometimes just as important as the actual players themselves. So I think that's a great idea. 
taking it to the gridiron, we have plenty of heat with uh, that franchise, whether it's a home game or actually just down the turnpike on the road. But you can start off with the original miracle at the Meadowlands, Joe Pisarczyk, that all we had to do was essentially take a knee. Instead, we'd run a play, we fumble, Herman Edwards to the house. You fast forward to 2008, we were the number one seed coming off our third Super Bowl and looking to go back to back. Plaxico got in trouble with the law. He ends up shooting himself. Our season went down the shitter. And who do you think ended our season? Those douchebags in our house, too. That was a painful one. 2010, Miracle at the Meadowlands 2.0. Who could forget Deshaun Jackson? Madden actually turned around and made that an intro clip for the game that year. So, yeah, they wanted to make sure I didn't forget that. Fast forward to 2014, Victor Cruz with that horrendous knee injury and Philly fans actually cheering. And it's not just, you know, the Giants. You know, when Michael Irvin suffered a career-ending injury, they were cheering. You know, very classless organization on a lot of layers. This is a fan base that threw Santa Claus. They threw batteries at Santa Claus. (laughs) I mean, come on. They ate dog shit after they finally won a Super Bowl. You know, this is the kind of fan base that we're talking about here. Whether it's the vet, which used to be like playing on cement, or the current Lincoln Financial Field, and even more so, super recently, this past season, a game that we should have won, we blow an 11-point lead with just over five minutes left. And uh, two plays that stand out to me was Danny Dimes tripping inside the 10. I mean, granted, we scored, but that could should have left us more time. The Evan Ingram infamous drop. And then week 17, after handling our business, they laid down to screw us and also to jump into a better draft position. And it's kind of unheard of that a team lays down like that when they have an opportunity to defend their home turf and to make sure that another team isn't celebrating. And they basically threw... They didn't care. They threw the game and altered who won the division. So I very much look forward to playing them twice next year and kicking the ever-living shit out of them because uh, we're two teams going in two different directions. And there's a lot more heat with Philly, you know. I remember the Charles Oakley, Charles Barkley fight back when Barkley was a sixer, you know. We can write a book about this. But definitely a great topic, Rich. And you know how on our show we always like to incorporate a nice fuck you, A.J. Hinch? Well, I'm going to extend that to a fuck you, Philly. Uh, Stay up, Dorney. Awesome uh, hearing from you, and we always appreciate your feedback. And I cannot wait for you to actually be on the show. Give my niece a big hug, and I cannot wait to meet her. Beautiful little baby. You have a good day, pal.